Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Thanks to both Chad and for Clay filling in for me while I was on graduation vacation. Much appreciate the work that those guys did while I was out of the office. Now, unfortunately, I came back and I'm not bringing you any good news because there's a lot of red on the screen as we look at this grain complex. Flip the page and, of course, we're seeing some some decent numbers on the livestock side, I'm sure, and very much taking advantage of what's happening on the grain complex. So we're going to find out what some of the driving weaknesses are, what we see. Is there a bounce, planting progress? How is that all factoring in? We're going to take a look at that and a whole lot more on today's episode. As joining us, Jeff Peterson. Jeff is with Heartland Farm Partners. And I should mention we're broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I always love doing this show when I can... Uh, do it with you sitting across the, the table from you versus via phone. So not a pretty day in this grain complex today. So as you look at kind of what was the driving factors driving to the negative that we saw in corn and beans? Boy, it isn't. You're exactly right, Susan. We're seeing a little pressure in the markets today. And so let's go back to last. Uh, well, actually, let's go back to the middle of April, I guess. And, and if we go back and look at April 18th, that's when we kind of started this, this pullback in both corn and soybeans both. And those markets pulled back all the way until we got to May 3rd. And what's really amazing, Susan, is we think about that. So we've got downward pressure on that market that got started back then. Corn sold off 78 cents. We ended up having soybeans sell off a dollar eight. But then we got a nice bounce. And uh, I should mention, all during that time, though, we actually ended up having a sell-off going on in crude oil. Crude oil got started a little bit earlier. That got started about April 12th. That sold off $20 a barrel. So that gave us a big headwind. And in amongst all that, we had all the concern about the banks and the economy and all that going on. Then, uh, then we found some support. The markets acted like it was coming back up. We started bouncing. The July corn came up about 31 cents. And then we ended up bringing beans up about 55 cents. And then we hit today's action. And so I have say all that because then what's going on now? What changed? What's different than what we found just a few days ago? And, well, we got a few things. One, the grain corridor, it looked like it was, you know what, uh, we're not sure we're going to get some talks about it. And, and now it looks like there is going to be some talks. And as a matter of fact, on Sunday and, and then on Monday, basically the corridor was shut down. They weren't inspecting anything. But now starting basically today, there was a few inspections. And then on top of that, all during that time that I mentioned, there's been concerns about what's planning going to be like in North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota. But we've had some planning pace and planning's moving along. So that put a little pressure on this market. And then on top of that, we had weather. You know, the weather looked like, well, we're going to get any rain. These, you know, certain areas are getting them, but then it looks like we've got a little more rain coming now across these areas. So, so overall, production prospects look better. And you bring all those together, and ultimately that's put some pressure on this market. And overall, the thing we can't forget about, though, is that when we think about the, the trend-following funds, those speculative traders, um, they're, they're short corn right now. They're short corn, and, and they're, they're selling out of their position in soybeans. So right now we're kind of trying to push water up a hill. But, but that can change as we go forward, though. But that's, that's kind of where we're sitting right now, Susan. In many ways, it's kind of like the perfect storm. You've got so many factors outside influence, agricultural influence, and I think that geopolitical, we thought maybe we might lose some of that momentum, and then it kind of rears back up again. Oh, it sure does. And, and I also need to mention we've got a crop report coming out on Friday. So you've got some unknowns about that setting in here. And so, that yeah, that's all came together. And, and when the market yesterday wasn't able to get some more follow-through, when we pulled back the downside, 
plenty of people willing to sell it, and we're just the buyers are just kind of sitting on their hands right now. So is there the possibility that now we start to digest all of this, we hit the overnight trade, that we might see a little bit of a bounce and kind of giving back or what we lost today? Yeah, I, I think we, we can give back. Uh, you know, I think we've got some a little more weakness here, but I we can find, we will find a bounce. That's the thing we have to think about is that could we go another 10 or 15 cents lower? Well, absolutely we can. But this market will bounce back up. And it gets into this type of year, there's all kinds of different factors that can cause that. Most of it has to be focused on the supply side, though. And so let's dig into what's, what could be some of those things. Well, we could all of a sudden, once we get past these rains, then we have some warmer and drier conditions coming in in the 6 to 10 and 8 to 14 day time frame. So we've got that coming in, which that can spring this market around. And then when we have this war going on with Ukraine, between Russia and Ukraine, all of a sudden any given thing can happen there. So if the grain corridor doesn't get approved, that doesn't go forward, boom, this market pops right back up. If all of a sudden Russia decides, you know what, they're not making the headway or maybe Ukraine attacks and, and they're getting an edge and then Ukraine decides to use some tactical nukes, which that's the environment we're in, boom, the market can go back up higher. So there's plenty of items in here that can bounce this thing. But the thing to remember is it's going to take an item in here to bounce it yet, and we probably drop a little bit lower before we see that bounce. And knocking on wood, you know, we have not heard a lot about South America having port strikes and what that's going to mean. If that factors in, especially with this bumper crop that they're having, that'll add a whole new layer as well. Well, it really would, and I'm so glad you brought up South America because I hadn't even touched on that yet. You know, you think about that. they got their safrina corn crop that's in the process. It's growing along, and, and ultimately it looks like the dry season started a little bit earlier in normal than what you would see uh, happening in Matagrosso. And believe it or not, some of the biggest concerns with that safrina crop, Susan, is maybe too early a freeze or a frost happening across Sao Paulo, across Paraná, or across Matagrosso de Sol. So those are all items that definitely can come into play yet there, too. And it's easy to forget that they will get adverse weather frost-wise um, as far as South America. It's easy just to think of them as always hot and, and uncomfortable. Oh, you're exactly right. It, it's hard to believe that. But, yeah, Paraná and, 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 and Sao Paulo and, and Matagrosso de Sol, they, they've got some risk of that. And that's actually might even be a little bit bigger risk than what we're seeing from the rain side. All right, well, stick around, folks. We come back. We're going to talk more about this planning progress What's going on? You may have seen the numbers from Monday night, disheartening for many, especially when you look at this winter wheat crop. And a lot of crops not even planted in our neighbors to the north. We'll also take a look at this big report that comes out on Friday, how that's all going to be factored in as this week's trade continues. Stick around. We've got more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we're here to help you stay one step ahead during the coming growing season. Fontenelle offers personal service and expert advice that comes from knowing local conditions. Agronomic support. We give you the agronomic tools to help you make informed decisions every step of the way. And if you're still making seed decisions, your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer has a good supply of locally proven varieties. Fontenelle, solutions you need, relationships you trust. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, and I can say it is finally the rain has hit the uh, Lincoln area where we're doing today's show from. And rain is uh, very critical, obviously, and we know that a lot of producers, it's been hit and miss when it comes to these rain showers. So having said that, as we continue our conversation with Jeff Peterson with Heartland Farm Partners, you look at the planning progress, kind of what's your spin? 
Well, it's interesting, and, and the number's a little bit deceiving, so let's, let's get the high-level numbers, and we'll talk about some individual states. So we come in, and right now, corn planting progress was at 49% complete, and the five-year average would be 42%, but something we have to remember about that five-year, that five-year's a little slow. When we go back and look at actually what the 20-year is, well, that brings it up to 52%, so that, that changes things a little bit. And then uh, over on soybeans, soybeans are going in fast. As a matter of fact, they're at 35%, complete uh, 21% is their five-year average, but that's the second fastest that they've ever been, and that data would go back to, I believe, 1986. Only year that's been faster would have been back in 2021 when 37% of the crop was planted. The only thing about those numbers is that we've got areas that are going extremely fast, and so we've got North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota going really slow. Mm -hmm. And so in some of these areas, it's going to seem like, you know what, overall everybody's okay. Well, we're not. We're going to have some good starts, but the only thing that we're noticing and watching is that even in those areas where we had a really good start, because of the cool conditions we had, our emergence looks okay, but I wouldn't say we're going to be getting the full benefit of how fast some of the stuff got put in. And then on the other side, that's going to open up the door with North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota being a little slower. It's, it's not that we're ultimately all of a sudden going to have a train wreck. That's not the case. They're just going to get in a little bit later than what they, what they would normally do, but not a lot later. And the thing that's really changed up there, Susan, is that it's we, we thought there would be more prevent plant up in North Dakota. Now, I, I believe there still is going to be, mm -hmm. but we're, we're going to have to watch that close. It, it's actually turning out better than what we thought. But there are going to be some shifts, and what we're watching very closely with that is that, okay, what's going to happen to some of those spring wheat acres? You know, And then are they going to switch on over, probably go on over to soybeans? Are there going to be some of the corn acres? that switch over to the soybeans. So so those are all items we're going to have to watch really close. And then uh, while we're looking at basically the crop condition information, you know, you have the planting progress, but then you, you do have to talk about that wheat crop. And that wheat crop, you know, even though we did see an uptick in the good to excellent rating, overall, though, the ratings did, if we put an index on it, we look at the poor, the very poor, the fair, the good, the excellent, we bring those ratings overall, they're down, and, and, and how bad are they? Well, We've really, in our data set, only have got two years that they've actually been worse. That would have been 1989 and 1996. And in those years, those years, you know, the amount that we're off a trend line is, is quite dramatic. And, and we know, keep in mind, that's just the stuff that's going to get harvested. We know there's going to be an above normal amount of abandonment that's going to happen. So that's another item that can come into play. One thing I did fail to mention, though, this, is we're talking about what's happening and why we saw some pressure earlier, Susan, um, we, we can't forget that there also was some Chinese cancellations on the corn side. And they've canceled now. When we look all the way back, there's been cancellations that go back all the way to April 24th. And this is a big one because it, it does put pressure on our demand side. They've canceled about 33 million bushels so far. So that's that's quite a bit. But can we say surprise, <clears throat> excuse me, surprise, surprise, because we know that that's always looming out there. We do. And the other thing that's getting a little bit hard that we got to kind of watch and continue to understand with Costco sitting in here buying bushels and, and they're listed as basically a U.S. buyer. Sometimes it gets a little confusing how they're handling those bushels and those sales and whether they're initially putting them on the books or they're putting them on for China right away. So there's some games that they can play back and forth in there yet. You know, technology is an amazing thing when you talk about this planning progress and where things are going to go. And we know we can get a crop in the ground very quickly. But having said that, all these factors that build up to harvest makes one wonder, where are we going to be harvest-wise numbers? That's the big question. 
Yeah, it really is. So, I mean, a few things as we as we dig into that. And, that, and that's the thing we're trying to think of. Okay, at these times, the prices where they're at, where do we think we could be? We're getting to some price levels we kind of thought we'd be at at harvest. So we're having to do some readjusting. So to give you an idea, earlier in the season, probably four or five weeks ago, we'd have thought 1250 would have been the bottom on these November beans for harvest time. You know, we're knocking on that door and have actually been right down that area. And so I, I think we probably go ahead and, and see now we probably have, say, 12 and a quarter, maybe $12. And then on the corn side, we're thinking 475 480 is the type of area where we think that's possible. We're a little ways from that yet, but, you know, before we know it, we'll be knocking on that $5 door on the new crop side. So then the question is, do you sell? Do you hold? What's, what's the thought process? Yeah, I think at this point... Um, with the funds that are that are short on the corn side and they're and they're actually getting out of some of their long and, and getting close to even on the bean side, this is an area you just have to sit back and wait. We'll have a bounce in this market and there'll be better opportunities to sell down the road, Susan. Okay, we're gonna dive more into this next week when you join us once again. Uh, in the meantime, how do folks get a hold of you? Yeah, give me a call at four oh two three six six four six nine four. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.